Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Eric, and this is the Dublin Racing Festival Sunday preview. We recorded Saturday's preview yesterday, so if you're coming and watching this or listening to this before you've listened or watched that and the racing hasn't happened yet, then do go over and check it out. But as with yesterday, I am joined by two very expert guests, Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding. Andy, Enjoying the cricket this morning. You were watching it when we uh, when, when we got hold of you. I was, yeah. I've had it on since I was up this uh, this morning, fairly early, about half six. Uh, yeah, cracking days. Uh, play a little bit slow early on, but uh, once Root and Sibley bedded in, um, I thought they played beautifully. I know. I know you're a big fan of punting on um, Strictly. I know you have a few golf punts as well. Anything for you in the cricket? No, never had a bet on the cr- any, any cricket game at all. No, doesn't didn't interest me at all. Um, although. It should, in theory, you know, you get uh, a chance for your your bet, whatever your wager is, to last throughout the day. Unless, of course, you're yeah. betting on oh, unless you're betting on overs, uh, um, you know, how many how many runs are scored in an over and all that kind of jazz. Um, but no, it's just a, a game I've played throughout my life. Really, I've, I've retired for the last two or three years. But um, yeah, from from when I was a young boy, I, I played cricket. So yeah, I love watching it. I reckon opening bowler coming in about eight or nine. Used to that. That was I started off as a bowler, but uh, I ended up opening the batting. Mean, mean, oh, really? mean, mean. Sam Turner used to open the batting for um, Express and Star, which is a Amazing. local village team in uh, Wolverhampton. <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it? Was it, was it the, the, the equivalent of boycott and tabaret? I'd be block. I'd be very much the blocker one end, and Sam would be the flamboyant one. Cook and Strauss, I reckon. If, if I if I hit a six, it, I'd, I'd be seriously uh, getting a nosebleed. <laughs> well, a very shrewd opening I, pair. I was, I, was named, I, was, I was named after the uh, the horse, Nudge and Nerdle, I think. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, a man whose racing exploits exploits we know a lot about. But Andrew Thornton, how's your cricket? Yeah, I, I used to enjoy my cricket. Bit of an all rounder, sort of. I, I, I would nudge it and nerdle it and run like mad. Bit of a. I put myself as a Derek Randall. Okay. You know, very busy at the crease. Right. Any any comparisons for for those of us of, of another generation? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Collie. Well, he was in black and white when I remember yeah. uh, watching him. That's just what my father used to tell me. Uh, so, but as far as the cricket, the punting on the cricket, I thought that was interesting. I heard a pal of mine used to bet on the cricket, but he used to bet whether it was going to be on or on or off. Oh, really? Look at the weather forecast. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my favourite bets I've ever had was in the cricket. It was in the uh, the T20 World Cup about five years ago, and a friend of mine who worked in, on the trading floor told me that um, the, the the boundaries out. I think it was in West Indies. The boundaries out in West Indies and some of the smaller pitches were absolutely tiny. So we bought sixes, and it was incredible. You just watch every game, and every six, you're just pocketing money. Superb. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we Great can do a cricket. Thought. We can do a cricket podcast um, another day, maybe. We did one a couple of years ago for the Ashes. Maybe we'll look into doing a cricket pod, and we'll get you two on again. But now it's time to talk about Leopardstown, about the racing on Sunday. Do download the Odds Checker app before we get into this. Uh, the very best prices, which we'll be talking about. When talking about the horses today, the best uh, place terms, bookie offers, free bets and the very best tipsters. So download the app now, the Odds Checker app, and you can go through the racing as we talk it through. It is 11.40 on Friday morning. And so the you know decks were in at 10 o'clock. Thankfully, our good friends at William Hill have started coming up with prices. So to start with, they're going to be Hill's prices. And then as we go through the day, fingers crossed, some more prices will come out. And then we'll give you the best of the bunch. So starting with the 110, 
it is we're going to be going through the, the racing just as uh, uh going through the card through the day eight races on the day so we'll make it pretty quick and ensure we spend a bit of some good time on the uh, on the grade ones but the mayor's handicap hurdle to kick us off and we've got tell me something girl is the five to one favorite dice art diamond six to one lady Brafini seven to one mrs miller ten to one alongside blanket on the ground and rescue package 12 to one roy boy i'm going for for that pronunciation correct me if i'm wrong and getaway gorgeous and the getaway star 14 to one bar and the 23 run here uh hills go a fifth five places what takes your fancy at these early early prices well, it certainly gives the mares from some of the powerful stables, the lesser lights, to shine because we know Willie Mullins and Henry de Bromhead have probably got the best mares uh, at graded level. Um, and that's uh, been the, uh, very much the case for the last two or three seasons. So it, it's no great surprise to see uh, Tell Me Something Girl and uh, Dice Art Diamond, as you mentioned, towards the four. They're both coming off the back of wins. We haven't seen um, Tell Me Something Girl uh, for quite a while. I think she probably would want slightly better ground than what she's going to encounter. She's basically run through the sort of autumn period, cleaning up on, on fairly fastest ground. Um, it is drying out there over in Leopardstown as well as we speak. It's now yielding to soft, whereas um, the, the long-range forecast was for heavy. So the, the, the more it dries out, the more her chances become apparent. Uh, and Dysart Diamond, of course, is a course winner. She won over two miles here at the Christmas meeting, coming from a long way off the pace to end up winning going away. Um, this looks a logical stepping stone for her, you know, running against her own sex at a track where she's already gone uh, well at. And talking of uh, horses that have gone well at the track, um, the one that I quite like here is Mrs. Milner. Um, I think Andrew will know her uh, relatively well because she's had a spin um, at Cheltenham a couple of runs ago when she bumped into the very tough, tenacious on the blind side, who is, is a very useful horse. Not quite grady level, but he's, he's in that kind of listed high handicap category. Uh, and he's won again. He's won again subsequently the other day at Kempton. So that form alone um, has stood the test. And I thought she ran really well in the Pertemps qualifier here behind Dandy Mag uh, over the Christmas period. That was a race that I got very good final circuit sectionals compared to uh, Flooring Porter who won the Grade One. It was much quicker than the uh, the Grade One, as often seems to be the case of that Pertemps mm. qualifier. Uh, and Mrs Miller looked the most likely winner going down to the last. We just she just didn't quite get the three miles stiff track, of course, on soft ground. Um, I think she's probably better at two and a half. Obviously, this is two two, but she, you know, she's won run in and run well in plenty of two mile races, two two, two four, you name it. Uh, she's very consistent, um, and her overall record here at Leopardstown is very good. She's also finished second here um, in in another similar race to this. So, I think I'd be very very confident of Mrs Milner running a, a race good enough to get her into the first three or four. Whether she's good enough to win, I don't know, but she looks a solid each way pick. Mrs. Milner there is 10 to 1 with William Hill uh, for the opener. Andrew? Well, the, uh, and, but on the blind side, as Andy was alluding to, that Mrs. Milner was only a neck behind. He's gone for the Cleve hurdle at mm. Weatherby, all been well tomorrow. And he runs off a mark of 153. So you think Mrs. Milner's off 129. That, in if you read the form literally, and against your own sex as well, that certainly, I think, 10 to 1. Looks uh, looks very good value at the moment, but uh, you've got to respect Willie Mullins's Dysart Diamond uh, because um, Paul Townend draw this one, and you said it looked to me like you know sixteen to one last time out. It pro they probably didn't think it was the day, and it just happened. It was mm. it, obviously against novice handicappers 
beaten a decent horse back in second place, uh, big king of Barry Connells, who'd won the time before. That form uh, just looks rock solid. That uh, horse had an improving look to it. And you're often looking for um, improving improving uh, novices in handicaps. And this one, she just she just ticks the boxes on that front. And Paul Townend's chosen to ride her. Willie's got, I think, six in here. Uh, and I think if, if there's a non-runner, he might be able to get another one in. So it just proves the depth of mares that he has. It, it's quite extraordinary. And, and this race itself, it's, it's worth as much as the rest of the Cheltenham Festival. So, and a lot of the races on this Leopardstown card are in a, in a very similar vein. So, um, yeah, it's a great contest. Also been covered on ITV as well, which I think it's good mm. for sport, isn't it? To be able to, yeah. you know, a lot of the horses coming into, you know, a lot of these will be heading towards the Cheltenham Festival over the two days at Leopardstown. And it's good to be able to see them where a lot of people wouldn't be familiar with them. You know, they come from uh, a little bit left field. So at least it gives people who are interested in the sport, punters alike, a chance to see the horses coming out. And I'm with uh, I'm with Dysart Diamond. I'd agree with uh, Andy, with um, obviously the favourite of Henry de Bromhead's in here, that you, you there's a little bit of rain around still. Yes, it has dried out a smidgen, but it, it won't, it'll be certainly slower than what she's um, encountered so far and uh, willing to take her on with a horse of willies. It's gone up, Dysart Diamond has gone up £11, but still, would have won with an extra eleven pounds on the back last time out, and Willie's horses just—they uh, seem to be in great form at the moment. Albeit some of them are missing this festival, and going to head straight to Cheltenham. Yeah, Dysart Diamond six to one there. Early prices from William Hill, Dysart Diamond for Willie Mullins and for Andrew Thornton, and Mrs Milner for Andy in the opener. On to the second race of the day, and it is the Tattersall's Arden Spring Juvenile Hurdle, where Quilixos is. The eight to eleven favourite ahead of Yumdor at four to one. St Sam is seven to one. Hardor seven to one. Bustleton eight to one. Varna Gold sixty six to one. Andy, come to you first here. Quilixos, one of the short price favourites over at Leopardstown for Gordon Elliott. Are you buying the hype? Um, I'm just a little bit disappointed with this race in general. Um. Mm. We, we, I would have thought we were going to see French French Cecile again. That that was the big um, talking yeah. point. You know, he, he's obviously been bought by uh, John Conley, Joe Conley, no connections. Well, uh, yeah, because he used to be with uh, Elmer Ray Holden. And, um, this looked the obvious stepping stone for him. He's just had the one run over hurdles. It'd be a dangerous game to take him to Cheltenham with only one run under his belt. I can't understand why he's not here. That I wouldn't say the alarm bells are ringing. With there's got to be a massive excuse why he's not running because Willie's running four or five in a race. It's not as if he wants to, uh, or he's worried about taking Yumdor on, for instance. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know what the plan is with French Chassis and where he runs next. Um, but um, Yumdor, I think he's he's going to be a a real viable substitute because I think Calixios could be a little bit vulnerable here. He, he hasn't run up against an opponent of any great note yet. He beat Varnagal very easy last time out. Certainly take that on board and he's looked very good. But um, he hasn't run to the kind of level, funny enough, that Yumdor uh, has. Now, Yumdor clocked a big number when he won at Garen first time out. And then he would have also ran a very fast time had he not fallen at the last, at um, Fairy House last time out when I think he was coming to win his race. Um, it was left the way of T. Hooper, one of Gordon Elliott's, to 
uh, take the prize. But I love the way that Yumdor went through his race. He, he looks a classy horse. He was a good horse on the on the uh, flat in France when I was doing the French form in lockdown for Odds Checker. Yeah. Never he, again, he, hopefully. Oh God, yeah. He was one of those <laughs> horses that uh, yeah, I'm still recovering from that session. Um, yeah, he's. he's he he um he was in a bunch of horses that I, that I was looking at at that very very moment in time in good handicap. So he's a very classy horse. He's got the hood on for the first time um, in in the uh, Grade One, which I think was a little bit odd. Um, I thought he travelled sweetly enough, and he, he didn't look overly keen last time out at Fairy House. But anyway, well, he's put the hood on this one. He's put the hood on Galliard de Mezzanin as well on, on the Saturday. So he's trying to tinker around with one or two things. We've got Bustleton, who represents the Zana here form last time out in a very slowly run race. He looks more of a, dare I say, a Fred Winter type, along with Saint Sam. I presume they're trying to qualify him for the Fred Winter because he'll have a third run and get a mark after 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 Sunday. Um, and and same comments apply to Hardor. So the big two, Quilixios and Yumdor, I think they might just have this to themselves. Uh, but I'm all over Yumdor. I think he's a better horse than Quilixios. That's I mean, given eight to eleven, four to one early prices, that's a strong a strong bet, four to one, surely. Yeah, it's wrong price. He should be. He, they should be a lot closer to the better, a lot closer to each other in the better. Yumdor is a very, very classy horse, um, and you know Willie Mullins has got one of the favourites of the triumph. But he'll have another, he'll have a very, very good second string with this Yumdor. Very interesting stuff there. Yumdor one for Andy. Andrew, any thoughts here? Yeah, I think I think the Irish certainly look like they hold the the nap hand really on the the, the triumph front this year, which it's not usually the case, is it? You know, mm. I think mm. their form, their form is is stronger. And Quilixios, when that, you know, it was obviously uh, missed his flat campaign. He's a half brother to Holy Roman Emperor, who is a marker one twenty two for had a marker one twenty two. Was a Group One winner on the flat for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, we won the Grand Cage Criterium at, at Longchamp. So, what he's done so far, it's very difficult to knock. You know, to win by what twenty lengths. Mm. 13 lengths, 12 lengths, and all your three of your hurdle starts. Um, and, you know, from a Gordon Elliott point of view, is this his best one? Probably not. You know, Zanahir, you would, looks like it could be, but he could be, you know, he's, you'd imagine they're owned by um, different people. So they're, they're both going to head to the festival, you would imagine. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I can see where Andy's coming from. Yumdahl probably would have won last time out. He was probably what? Would it be fair to say, Andy? What high eighties, early nineties handicapper? Would you I, he ended that? up running. He ended up running in a, a listed race. His final run, um, I think it was at Maison Lafitte. Um, sorry, but beg your pardon. It was Song Chloe running. So he he was he was over. He was. I think he was over a hundred in the end. Right. And I I got to realise. I got to recognise when I, when I was doing those uh, French. It took me two months to work it out. Like. The very those very very good premier handicaps were similar to our kind of like listed races. That they, they were, they were chock full of horses that went on to run well in Patton Company later on in the season. So he's that he's that level, um, and he's got a very very high cruising speed. I mean, he was cantering last time out when he fell at the last. Um, so yeah, it'd be a great little matchup between the two. I'm looking forward to it. You know, the the Calixios has has got the form in the book, but I think Yumdor will, will certainly be bang there going down to the last. Gordon Elliott will have a good idea of how good. Well, what's the difference? Obviously, he had the winner in, in uh, Tina Poo yeah. of that race where Humidor fell. So it'd be very interesting to know where that one is in the pecking order Absolutely, compared yes. to Quilixios. But for me, I always have in the back of my mind, I don't like horses that f- fall and then 
you know, you've you've obviously got that little bit of a worry when push comes to shove and they get racing mm. on the jump from the jumping perspective. So yeah. Quilixios, no blots on the uh, uh, copybook. He can only improve only having three starts. He hasn't had that flat experience, but he's certainly learning on the job. So I'm, I'm I think the favourites a worthy favourite, but Andy's got Andy uh, as Andy does <laughs> see the value. Well, I think, I mean, from where I'm standing, it's an interesting point you make about the fallers. I mean, I, I would think that if Umdor had has a one next to his name rather than an F, that, that four to one doesn't exist. So maybe that's the angle going in. But as you say, you know, when push comes to shove, there is that that doubt there. And you mentioned Gordon Elliott will we'll, we'll know what's needed here. You could also argue that Willie Mullins may too, with St. Sam running behind um, Santa here the last two times as well. So you kind of have a have that angle in as well. But anyway, interesting to see what happens here? Yumdor, a strong selection for Andy at four to one. It'd be interesting if, if Andy, you're right, and come race time, those two prices are much closer together. On then to the two ten, the third race of the day, <laughs> it's the novice hurdle, the Grade One. And Andy, if you weren't buying into the hype for Quilixos, uh, appreciate it. Certainly one of the most hyped horses around, ahead of Cheltenham as well. Eight to eleven, appreciated at the moment with Bally Adams six to one, Irrational eight to one, Blue Lord ten to one, Master McShee twelve to one. 14 to one bar, 16 runners, Andy. And, and you know, Andrew, I will come to you first at some stage, but Andy is, is the novice hurdle man. This is his bag. So take us away. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done what's now going to be universally known in the trade because of you, George, as, a, as an ergamine uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in backing the wrong horse for the, uh, backing the, ro- well, the, the, a certain horse for the wrong race or what looks like being the wrong race. I was all over appreciated for the, the, uh, the Ballymore. I thought um, having stayed on well, um, in the style or in the manner of a, a strong stare at the trip. Um, he, he looked all for the world as if two and a half miles was going to be his distance this season, um, having finished second in the champion bumper, of course. Um, he started up at two miles at Cork, which is perfectly normal. You think, well, OK, m- most of those two and a half milers tend to start at a smaller distance and work their way through. Um, and he won in a very slow time. He sort of, They went really slow and he quickened away from uh, Mr. McShee. Um, Little we do, do we know in the time that that race has worked out so well. Then, then off the back of that, he went to the uh, Christmas meeting at Leopardstown over two miles again, and he knocked the ball out of the park on the figures. He's the fastest horse either side of the RSC based on that time figure that he clocked at uh, Leopardstown um, over a, a month or so ago. And he did it in the manner of a horse that had still got plenty left under the bonnet. He wasn't hard-pressed. He went nicely to the line. He just lengthened and strode away from what at the time was a very, very high-class field. I must admit, I thought it was a wide-open race, but he made mincemeat of them, to be honest. Um, I had a few good on the second irascible because I thought he was the value bet in the race, but he only got within nine lengths. You know, Bally Adam, who was the big talking horse going into the race, was battered 15 lengths. And the only horse that's run out of that race so far is a horse called the Devil's Coachman, beaten 20 lengths. And he bolted up last week at um, at Nice, uh, thus uh, franking that form line. So the form is very, very solid. The time's good. Uh, we know he handles Leopardstown. He's just a very, very high-class horse. He's a worthy favourite for the for the Supreme Novices. I think he can only enhance his position at the top of the market this weekend. I don't really, hand on heart, see anything being good enough to beat him. Mr McShay, that there's been noises about him, but he ran on the same card and he's comparative circuit time was 30 lengths slower than appreciate it so he's he's got to find a huge amount the ratings tell you that anyway but he's got to find a huge amount anyway i think if i was going to have an each way bet in the race or a bet without the favorite because 
We're not going to tip all the short ones here. I'd, I'd go with the Rassable again. I don't get why he's eight to one and Bally Adam is six to one, having beaten Bally Adam easily. And he got a trouble free trip and he was a little bit novice at one or two of his hurdles. I, I think the fact that Henry de Bromhead has kept him over two miles as well, he didn't even enter him in the, the two and two mile six race, suggests to me that he still thinks he's a two miler or um, and with the experience under his belt, don't forget that was only his sec- that was only his um, third run in his life, and his first run out of Maiden Company, straight into a Grade One, and he managed to finish second in a strongly run race. So, I, I do think Irascible's a fair tool, you know. I've, I've always liked him. So, look, it's a simple, straightforward race for me. I think appreciates it'll win it, uh, and he'll be under. He'll be six to four for the for the Supreme, and I think Irascible. Arguably, you could have a look at him, like I say, in the in the without the favourite markets, or even have a double on him at twenty five to one currently for the Supreme, because I think mm. he'll finish a bit closer with more experience under his belt. So appreciated eight to eleven, irrational eight to one. Just before we come to you, Andrew, just going to pick your brains, Andy, because you mentioned it on the Supreme market. Um, appreciate it is five to two. Metier for Harry Fry is seven to one. Third time lucky sixteen to one. Bally Adams sixteen to one. <coughs> and then we go down to Rashable, who's twenty mm. to one around the likes of French Asset and Drill Deal. Would you be having a play at these prices as it stands at the moment? I mean, Metier. I, do, I mean, in terms of your figures, how does how does Metier? Metier is not too far behind. Uh, they're literally well, they're virtually run very similar numbers. Um, there's like three really good novices at the moment. Galliard de Mesmel, I mentioned him. Metier and Appreciate are by far and away the best two milers either side of the Irish. He hasn't got too much to find, but the, the one thing about Metier is that he, I think he would need genuine soft or heavy ground come the festival, mm. whereas Appreciate it, I think I'll pretty much handle anything. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I could see, funny enough, given the, the way I think this race will pan out, I can see both Appreciate it and Irascible doing their supreme novices uh, chances, no harm whatsoever. So I think both of them are short enough. I think appreciate it. I said I think he'll be, well, you name the price. Could be six to four. Could be anything. Come after Saturday yeah. uh, and Sunday, sorry. And I think irascible. If if he chases it home as as, as I think he should do, really, um, he'll be around a twelve fourteen to one shot for, for the Supreme. Great stuff there, Andrew. What are your thoughts on on either Sunday's race, or you can look forward to, to Cheltenham if you prefer. Yeah, well, Sunday's race, I'd be, like, appreciate it. Well, whichever race you're running would be favourite, two and a half. You know, you imagine after winning a, a two and a half mile bumper at Leopardstown, you're not mm. going to be dropping back in trip. No. That's, that's the that's the irony. And as far as Leopardstown concerned, I think if there was ever an odds on shot, eight to 11, you could quite argue this should be one to three, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, it, it should be short. It should be very short. Because bearing in mind, you know, you're going to go to Cheltenham in a deeper race and probably going to be, if you if, if appreciate wins this, you're probably going to be a, a six to four chance. Mm, yeah. In a, in a deeper, in a deeper race. Yeah. Know? And, and Bally Adam, you're going off the fact that you're, you're listening to Gordon Elliott that, you know, the horse wasn't right at Christmas, just was very flat turning in and didn't sparkle at all. But Bally Adam, to me, strikes as a horse who probably wants two and a half. Uh, anyway, and you could, you'll say the same about probably Blue Lord in here. Second to Bob Ollinger last time out. Well, Bob Ollinger's uh, definitely a two and a half miler. That horse probably wants further. As Andy said, Master Mache won a, a handicap of one, I think it was one, two, nine. 
uh, last time up on the same on the same track, carrying five pounds less as well. So definitely got lots of time, but it just looks very straightforward. Appreciate it. You know, you can set the clock by by him. You know, second at the Cheltenham Festival, just is uncomplicated. And for a two miler stroke, two and a half miler, I think Paul Townend could ride this one on his little finger. It is so switched off and laid back that, and very kind in the way the horse goes through the race. And I, I think the connections were blown away last time out with the turn of foot. I don't think they were expecting that. I think they were very much expecting to be going up in trip. Hence why I think they've just changed their tune. And, um, you know, as the saying goes, horses get slow enough, quick enough. So you may as well keep them at the minimum trip first. But I strongly believe that appreciate it would win over three miles as well because already you know we've already seen with what the horse has done uh, previously that he's a, he's a point to point winner already. So just a very very talented horse. So you, I don't think I'd be looking at playing second. I think eight to eleven and knocking it you know for an odds one chance looks good to me. 8-11 to 11 there. We're normally not in the business here of tipping up odds on favourites, but I think in terms of appreciated, it's 3-3. Three for three. Looks like a very good thing indeed, and maybe a bit of value at 5-2 to two for the Supreme before this run on Sunday. On then to the 240, which is the William Fry handicap hurdle over three miles, and uh, Damalisk is the 5-1 to one favourite ahead of pure genius. Bally uh, seven to one, sorry. Bally Shannon Rose eight to one. Frontal Assault ten to one, and Dandy Mag, and Unexpected Depth, and the Jam Man, and Kashari all ten to one. Pure genius, Andrew. That's what they called you back in the day, wasn't it? <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> you reckon? I, I how, wish. How do you see this one? How do I see this one? Well, obviously, uh, the green and gold have got their fair share in here once again. Uh, sure. Pure genius, obviously improving. Uh, Damalisk again unexposed. Mark Walsh is he, has he has he gone for, for that one? But I would imagine that with Pure Genius being in there and Simon Torrens on board, um, it, it's interesting that he's he's gone he's got off Pure Genius to ride Damalisk, mm. you know, from that perspective. But I'm going to give you one at a big price um, in here. I'm going to give Sayo another chance. Obviously, third at the Cheltenham Festival, going back. Oh, what is it? Three years now with Sayo yep. uh, of 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 Willie's, um, a horse who is um, you know been last time out was taken round by the houses, finished mid division at Navan, and that was behind Flooring Porter. Obviously, Flooring Porter came out off the back of that and went and won a Grade One. The horse was never never dangerous at any stage. And I just thought that Sayo at each way price twenty five to one, there was there was definitely value to be to be had. Slipped up the time before um, in a in a race at Listowel, uh, that was on the flat. So still relatively unexposed uh, hurdle wise. They they tried chasing and that was just a no no. And um, like I say. It's it's a wide open affair, but you, you, you've always got to respect the green and gold colours mm. as well. But um, you know, I think that I think it feels like recently over the last three weeks the cat's out of the bag. That they're, they're definitely a lot shorter in the market. <laughs> 
certainly are. Seo, 25 to 1. Andy, where are you looking here? Certainly respect um, Damalise. I was very impressed with his win the other day at Turn Avenue. He's a horse that I tipped funny enough first time out when he was six to four favourite, having been back from eight to one, no less. And he managed somehow to get beat. Um, <laughs> just, just sums up my season, really. And then he Sounds went, like you got over that one quickly. Yeah, then, then he went and won uh, next time out. Um, but yeah, three miles. Yeah, I, I, I think he's got pl- plenty of boot myself. I, I would be absolutely guaranteed that he'd stay well run three miles. Pure genius, improved for three miles last time out. He'd been previously campaign number two, but they found the key to him. He'd be dangerous down the foot of the weights. And Bally Shannon Rose has very much a feel to uh, to, to her that uh, similar to um, a horse called uh, Traces in the Scorthy. Uh, I don't know if you remember Traces in the Scorthy last year, won this race off the back of winning the Per Thames Qualifier, but previously had worked his way up from uh, very modest beginnings. Uh, and Bally Shannon uh, Rose is very much one of the, those um, uh, those horses this season, winning last, its last four races. But getting on to Leopardstown and, and collateral form and talking about Traces in the Scorthy, who won this race last year, he'd also run won the Per Temps qualifier. And it's amazing how the Per Temps qualifier and the horses that ran in it Mm. Then came onto this meeting and dominated the very same race. Traces in his courty won again. The similar kind of horses that ran behind him all, all figured. So I'm going to do the same again. Go with Dandy Mag, who won the Per Temps qualifier. Uh, stayed on very strongly in a, in a very um, strongly run race. Was very good at the finish. Um, I'd imagine this will be a stepping stone for the Per Temps final. And the other one is uh, unexpected expected depth from a yard that's doing really well at the moment. Oliver McKernan. Those um, orange and blue colours have been seen to good effect in the last fortnight or so. And he looked the most likely winner going down at the last, but he just got outrun by Dandy Mag. And uh, the boss is Oscar, who is actually incidentally favourite for the Per Temps uh, uh, final. So both of those two against the field for me. Course and distance form, good you know, good time figure. Um, what's not to like? And if Mrs Milner wins the first, Dandy, it'll certainly uh, help your chances with unexpected depth. It was just in, just in front in the qualifier. That's right, yeah. It, they're all very, very t- uh, tightly knit. I, I do think that qualifier was a very good one. It's happened, it's happened now, I think, three years in a row where that, that Pertemps qualifier at Leopardstown over that Christmas meeting has thrown up the winner of the final. And it always, it, it's, it's also always been the same case that their, their final circuit sectionals have been much better than the grade one. So the form has worked out. It, it's looked good and the form has worked out accordingly. And it's a big help, I think, nowadays, and the right thing that you've got to be finishing the first six to qualify yeah. as well, hasn't it? It's it's just it's taken a lot of guess. Should we say it's taken a lot of guesswork out of it? Yeah, and amazingly, the horse that went on to win the final both finished sixth in their qualifier. Sir de Burley, um, I think, did it. I think he did it twice, didn't he? Did he? No, he did. Sir de Burley and who, who won it the previous year? I can't remember who it was now, but I know it. I know it definitely. I backed him. It definitely finished sixth. <laughs> Andrew, is it easier to ride a horse to finish sixth or first? <laughs> well, you need, for one thing, you need a jockey who can count. <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing is, you you don't just need eyes in front of you. You need eyes in the back of the head, just in case there's somebody coming to do you. Now, of course, we are not suggesting that any jockey would ever do anything but ride a horse out to finish first. Of course. Right. 
So that's hopefully awarded off another lawsuit after yesterday. But uh, unexpected depth, 10 to 1, and maybe a, a related form line double. Uh, double it, it, was, it was Delta Work. It was Delta Work. I knew it was Serdabur. Serdabur has won it twice back to back. Of course he has. Yeah. Uh, and it was Delta Work the year before. There you go. Uh, yeah. And then unexpected depth, 10 to 1. And then Dandy Mag hoping to make Andy dandy at 10 to 1 as well. Uh, on then to the 310, the novice chase. And this. It's another odds-on favourite who I'm sure is going to be fairly popular and might crop up in a few doubles with appreciate it if I was a betting man. Uh, Monkfish is six to uh, sorry, four to six favourite. That's with Skybet who've just come out with their prices, but who are best price, four to six. Latest exhibition, three to one. Asterian for launch, uh, having fallen twice, is eleven to one. Andy Dufresne is twelve to one. Uh Fidudary, fourteen to one, eighteen to one bar. Nine runs, so there is a bit of an each-way angle here, Andy, or is it as safe just to say stick Monkfish in with the other good thing and sit back and, and enjoy it? Yeah, I, I hate to sound flippant about a horse like Monkfish and, and, and the task and the horses he's got to beat because that's disrespectful to the likes of, um, you know, Asturian Falange and, and Latest Exhibition, who are high class in their own right. But really, Monkfish is, along with Envoy Allen, the second coming in, in, in the uh, chasing ranks. Um, I, I can't wait for these two horses to clash in uh, 2022 when they line up in the Gold Cup because I think that's the route they're going to go down, or God willing. Um, because I think these two are right at the top draw. Envoy Allen has got tons of class, but Monkfish also has as well, as well as plenty of stamina, as he proved when he won the Albert Barlet. Um, you know, to win that that race last year, you needed to be mentally tough because you know that from sort of three out, four out, they really did turn the taps on. Latest exhibition, uh, Fury Road, uh, and let's not forget Time Hill was fourth, who's now second favourite for the uh, State Hill. So it was a very deep Albert Barlet, a very high high class renewal, and he's took to fencing as if he's been doing all his life. He hasn't touched a twig. He was very impressive when he won first time at Fairy House, clocking a big number. That race alone has worked out really well with the likes of Sam's Profile, Escoria 10, Deal Care, uh, all winning subsequently. Um, and then he, he beat. Latest exhibition, he's he's uh, old rival. I thought with a little bit in hand when he won uh, the Grade One here uh, over the Christmas period. Um, so yeah, look, with a clear round, it's very very hard to see him not winning. Um, obviously, he, he won't necessarily have to lead this time if he didn't want to. If a Syrian Falonji Stable Companion wanted to go on, but that's that's for Paul Towner to to sort out. But yeah, he, he's just I think he's just a level above this lot. In all fairness. So Monkfish there, another one who we can't really see past, at least Andy can't at four to six. Andrew, can you make a case for any of the, other, any of the others? Well, I suppose Andy Dufresne, who's won his point of point, a bit like Monkfish. Monkfish, you, you forget, he did have two runs in point of points as well. So the fact he's run over the regulation fences. And what I've been so impressed about Monkfish was that how he's such a big horse, but gosh, he, he's very neat and tidy mm. and accurate at his fences but under Dufresne from an each way perspective he could be the one he's, he's up they've obviously gone they've gone quietly quietly with him um, you've, he hasn't been flash You'd, I'd say over her as he probably didn't quite live up to expectations um, which would be fair to say he, he was uh, very much a hype horse and he's point to point he beat Faustinovich of Colin Tizard's who'd be yeah. a decent handicapper a decent, mm. if not a little, yeah. if not a little frustrating. Um, so that probably sets the standard on him. You're probably thinking something has to happen to Monkfish, and 
if something happens to Monk for his latest exhibition, there to pick up the pieces, isn't he? The only one thing I would say, if I, uh, I'm sure there's going to be nobody on the outside of Asterion Belange heading down towards the first fence because <laughs> I just wonder where he's going to wait. How much ground is he going to give away on the way around? Yeah, he's, he, he jumps badly out to the right, and um, I suppose Willie's just he'll go down the middle of the track, and it'll be interesting to see whether uh, he dis. You know, with horses on his inside, you know, most horses are herd animals and they like to stay with their their friends. This horse, I don't know whether he's got any friends because <laughs> it, it, you just sense that it's it could be quite violent, um, especially after a couple of falls. He just doesn't look the brightest button in the box. You know, when he went down to the first fence there last time out, he, he got in short and just literally did not get high enough. He took it halfway up. So, you know, he's done it twice now. But um, I, I, I think Monkfish, it, it's, I think, let, you know, I, I don't think, the funny thing is, looking forward to, I think he'll win here. He beat latest, latest exhibition. I'm, I'm just not sure whether Cheltenham is his ideal track because he is a big horse and he managed to win the Albert Bartlett. I'm just, I'm not, as, I'd be more confident in this race than I would be about him at Cheltenham. Interesting stuff. I mean, Asterion for launch certainly didn't have many fans or many friends, I should say, in the Arkle bar back in March. I can tell you that for free. And with uh, with Andy Dufresne, I can only assume, I mean, I, I'm not one, Andrew, to, to pull people up on their pronunciations of horses because um, I, I get so many wrong as people who regularly listen to this or, or watch this will know. But the fact that you say Andy Dufresne rather than Andy Dufresne suggests to me that you've never seen Shawshank Redemption, the film, in which no. case... I would recommend that you go and do that because it's one oh, of the greatest films ever. One of the greatest films ever, indeed. Yeah, that definitely be my I must have seen right. that at least ten times. Yeah, hey, so. at least at least other people watching it have le learned something else that might be useful this morning. Yeah, exactly. So, so Andrew, <laughs> tonight I'm, we're expecting when we speak next week. I want I want a review from you on both Andy Dufresne's run in this race and also Shawshank Redemption as well. So that's got to be that's the plan going which, forward. Which what are we right in saying? Which will be most scary? <laughs> sure shank's not scary don't worry uh, no it's not scary at all it's just right. uh it's very good you'll enjoy it um on then to the 340 the irish gold cup and manella indo is the seven to four favorite kenboy three to one seven or two melon delta work nine to two the storyteller 20 to one maybe only five runners but a cracking field and a brilliant brilliant spectacle i'm looking forward to it i cannot see the value myself but that's where these two experts come in Andy, coming to you first here. Who's the bet? Well, the, I think the best horse is the right favourite, and it's not always the case. But Manella Rindo, he's just he's got that um, extra bit about him for me that sets him apart. I mean, just a very uncharacteristic of him to fall last time out because up until now he's been a, a very good jumper. He's never looked like hitting the deck. He was great around Cheltenham last year. Apart from the last one, he just got in tight and. He lost a bit of momentum and that allowed Champ to pick his pocket late on, but he was by far and away the best horse in, this, in the RSA, which looks very good form. There's been virtually everything out of that race has come on and won this season. Um, and his, two, his first two chase wins set him up perfectly for the Savills, but unfortunately he fell at the first going away from the stands. If you were to make a, a criticism of Nella Rindo, that was the first time where he's been in a, a slightly bigger field against genuine grade one horses, and he, he, was, he had horses either side of him. And... You know, whether he lost his concentration or I don't know. I mean, every every horse is entitled to go and rub one. Uh, and it, that fence first away from the stands down Leopardstown, Andrew will know riding it. It, 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 it's, it falls away from you. So um, 
if he was going to fall, it was going to be at that fence. But I think with a small field today, it'll certainly help him. He, he certainly won't um, be using that as an excuse. I, mean, I imagine Ken Boyle Lee, because that's the way he runs, he, he'll be beneficial of a of a smaller field. Mellon, they're going to want to hold him up, aren't they? Having hit the front two soon last time, I think Paddy Mullins was kicking himself the way yeah. um, he, you know, the race developed ahead of him last time out. Uh, and Delta Works definitely not one to write off completely. I've just similar to Manella Indo, his jumping's gone a bit wonky for me in the last three or four runs, including the Gold Cup. He hit a few on the way around, unseated rider last time out. He's always one not to write off because he's good when he stays on his feet, but getting him to stay on his feet is the, the difficulty. So, look, I'm a big and big Indo fan. He's my column tip for the Gold Cup. And I'm hoping that at least goes into Cheltenham off the back of a, if not a win, but a, a really good round of jumping and a, and a really good effort. So, fingers crossed for Manella Indo to get um, his house back in order. Seven or four, Manella Endo. Andrew, who wins the Irish Gold Cup? Yeah, well, I've been a big fan of him as well. I just, uh, he just looks like he'd matured and he's jumping. The way he won first time out, I think Henry was quite surprised because he, he thought he needed to run, but would need it fairly badly. But they were in a good gallop in that race and, um, and he, he jumped well. Like you say, uncharacteristic last time out. Just work. That was his first run round Leopardstown. Um, and interesting that, um, yeah, will it have left its mark? Um, I, I'm a massive fan of his, but I'm going to give Delta Work another chance because I think the small the small field, field will definitely suit him. The drier the ground will definitely suit him. Um, I, know, I know that Gordon Elliott thinks that Jack Kennedy is is the key to him, and. You know, his, barring that, what happened last time out, his form around Leopardstown is exemplary. And, you know, I just think that um, that the small field is the key to him. I, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I, don't, I wouldn't have him on my mind for Cheltenham, but I think this is his Gold Cup, personally, um, Delta work. You know, I know Patrick Monins was knocking him, kicking himself for Mellon last time out. I don't, I don't know whether it was so, so much for letting the horse roll away and get to the front. It was probably more the fact that he just didn't send him down to the second last and let him come up. I think he was playing it safe, thinking almost from a, the, the perspective, I need to save a little bit to enable him just to have every chance of getting the trip rather than trusting that he is going <laughs> to get the trip of three miles and just letting him wing away down over two out. Because if he'd wing two out, those two, three lengths that he lost, you have to make up that ground. So I always double it. If you lose two lengths, it's four lengths because mm. you've lost it rather than kept it going. So you lose the two lengths and have to make it up. Um, mm. But he's very, very dangerous, Mellon. Don't get me wrong. He'd be very dangerous. Kenboy, you know, you can set your clock by him just about on a track like this, but not a track like Cheltenham. Undulations catch him out. He loves a... He loves a... The old term flat track bully comes into the equation, mm. doesn't it? You know, Aintree, Leopardstown, that kind of thing. Uh, fascinating contest. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back Delta work, but I'd be more than happy to see Milano enhance his reputation heading into Cheltenham, because you know it, it's a track that he loves as well. So um, yeah, you, you, it's funny Manella Endo. You know, you, you, you take into account what he did at the last fence at Cheltenham. He made a mess of it, else he would have won the RSA. Mm. Um, and I'd, I'd be with Andy. Your, your swipe quirk for him will be just in a big field, 
heading towards Cheltenham. If he goes and finishes, wins or finishes second here, he'd be heading to Cheltenham. But in 16 runners with a, a lot of runners around him, he just hasn't, just seems to have had that experience in a big field. Interesting stuff. Delta work there for Andrew, 9-2 to two with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Manella Indo, though, positive words from both of our experts. 7-4, to four, best price with Skybet. On to the last two races of the day. We'll rattle through these two pretty quickly. The handicap chase first up and crossed my mind is the favourite at 6-1, to one, but it is an open field. Off you go and uh, Tracy Seniscorthy. So if I've got that right, I'll be amazed. 7-1. Yeah, to like- one. Uh, far class eight to one, Fan de Blue ten to one, um, Another Time is twelve to one, The Long Mile twelve to one, At the Acorn twelve to one, and D, Andy, how do I say that? And who is the value at this early stage? Only Paddy Power out with prices. Yeah, Tracy's in a score thing. You got it nearly right. Just didn't quite flow. As no, well as, uh, I, I, could you tell? Done. Could you tell that I was reading? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like it wasn't quite as bad as Andy Andy's, Andy uh, Desfrain. <laughs> But yeah, Tracy Zinniscorthy would be my number one here. Uh, very, very good performance at Cork last time out. Very much back to his best. Uh, he was really, really on a roll this time last year when uh, he hit the ball out of the park over hurdles, winning two back-to-back three-mile races around Leopardstown. He loves the track. Uh, this two-mile, extended two-mile file should be right up his alley. He jumps immaculately. He's very well handicapped still. Um, and the horse that he beat, Atlantic Shore last time out, at Cork, Frank the form with a victory next time out at uh, Punchestown, a very competitive race under top weight. So I can't see Tracy Zeniscorthy not running well here. He'll go off in front or he'll be up with the speed and he'll jump and pop away. Very difficult horse not to see running well. Tracy Enniscorth. There we go. Uh, Tracy Enniscorthy, <laughs> oh, seven one for Andy there. Andrew? Uh, I'm going to go Manella times. Rachel Blackmore ran well here at the uh, the big handicap chase here at the last meet in yielding ground, similar sort of ground conditions. Um, got a good tune out of him, big field race. But you know, all in all, that it, you know, it's one of those races where you're looking for something with a little bit of improvement. Mm. Um, JP again, off you go, was favourite last time out when tipped up early doors. Mark Walsh is gone for that one and. Um, we mentioned the big handicap yesterday. As soon as Mark Walsh was priced up, I think the price went from twelve to one into seventeen to two <laughs> yeah. yesterday. So it'll, you know, I think bookmakers obviously the, Mark Walsh is down to ride. Off you go. But I just felt that I think Rachel Blackmore with Henry Drabom had train, training Minella times. Um, it probably keeps it keeps it simple from that perspective to leave Rachel on Minella times ten stone eight. Nice racing weight. The y- yielding ground. Um, should uh, should suit, but I can see you know trainer Tracy Ennard Scorthy, uh, which I can just say a little bit better than George, uh, <laughs> will certainly be one to respect. And um, you know, from from off you go's point of view, I'm I'm, I'm 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 presuming that Mark Walsh is gone for that one because over hurdles, this horse is two from two at Leopardstown. Interesting, mm. interesting stuff. So there. The, the selection from Andrew seems to be Manella times uh, 12 to 1, but positive words for Mark Walsh's uh, mount. Off you go, 7 to 1. On then to the last race of the day, it is another bumper, uh, the Mayor's bumper this time. Brandy Love, 11 to 8. Uh, Take T, 130. 5 to 1, Holly Mount. Purple Mountain, 8 to 1. Grandy, 10 to 1. Brooklyn Glory, 12 to 1. 14 to 1 bar. I mean, Andy, will you be having a, will you be having a bet here? 
Oh, Will, actually, yeah, I think Ooh. there's a really, really good mare in this, and it's not favourite. It should be favourite. Um, I'm not sure why it hasn't been priced at favourite, but Take T, I think, is a aeroplane. The day when she won at uh, Navan, I got told that this is a really smart, um, a smart mare, and she certainly lived up to the hype. My goodness me, didn't she win very easily that day? I mean, they went a fair clip. The time figure was good. And like I say, it wasn't a, wasn't a slowly run race by any stretch of the imagination. And this horse completely left her field for dead, showing a magnificent turn of foot. And interestingly, uh, Paddy, uh, sorry, um, JP McManus has acquired this horse subsequently, having uh, won first time out for, for Old Connection. So he's quite keen on uh, acquiring her services. Uh, Derek O'Connor has been booked. That would be um, the, the kind of this expected jockey booking. Um, from from a JP horse in in a race mm. like this, so I wouldn't read too much into the fact that Paddy Mullins is riding Brandy Love because you know Derek O'Connor is basically JP's go-to jockey in, in amateur rider races, uh, and I think that's why Brandy Love has been chalked up favourite and and uh, Take T hasn't, but I think it'll be Take T will be favourite come uh, come off time on Sunday. Interesting, a strong selection there for Take T, 100 to 30 early price with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Andrew, anything to add? No, I think I think I think Andy's just hit the nail on the head. People presuming Will uh, Patrick's and Andy's a little bit maybe sharper than one or two of the others, as in the fact <laughs> of you know just taking that point and it, it's exactly right. So you wouldn't read anything into the jockey bookings from that perspective. You know, it's a valuable race for 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 the mayor. It's a just a, a cracking contest. Obviously, Holly, Holly Mount's very interesting, but. How much improvement will be found in Holly Mount? I, I doubt if any, because Holly Mount was um, was ready for Carlisle um, when uh, when she, when she won up there mm. with uh, with Brian Hughes on board. So, um, yep, I'd, I'd agree totally with Andy's sentiments, and probably no no need to be to go any further. So, take tea, take tea. Andrew, you call Betfair, I'll call Paddy Power, just so we don't, um, you know, <laughs> so the lines aren't busy. Uh, thanks very much, Andrew. Thanks very much to Andy for joining us today. Thank you, the listener or the viewer, for watching or for listening. You can find all of the Odds Checker betting shows on YouTube or on all podcast platforms as well. And do download the Odds Checker app ahead of the racing on Sunday. You'll get the best prices. Prices coming out as we speak for the weekend's racing. So apologies if any are out of date fairly shortly. But do download the app for the best prices, the best place terms, bookie offers, free bets, and for all of Andy Holdings tips every morning straight to the app. Do check out Studs Up as well, the new Odds Checker podcast and video with Ollie Bell and Charlie Austin talking all things football and racing. Uh, enjoy the racing itself this weekend. Enjoy everything we've got cracking racing at Sandown. Hopefully, if the weather is uh, is kind to us too, please do gamble responsibly, crucially, but enjoy the racing. 